Hi, I'm Robin Warren from the Healthy Geek Academy, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Place of Learning. Every other week, I'll be coming to you with topics ranging from fitness clothing and water intake to burnout and gatekeeping. You know, things we nerds are intimately familiar with. So join us on Tuesday, April 21st for the launch of this brand new show. Just search for Healthy Geek Academy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Talk soon. Hey guys, really quickly before you hop into this episode, wanted to let you know that Mischief Media and Extraneous have their own Patreon. Yeah, you can find us at patreon.com slash making mischiefs. There are a couple of tiers starting at $2 at the lowest um, and going up from there, you can get access to our cool discord, uh, physical merch, a lot of different things. Yeah, so if you like what you hear or if you like any of our other shows or you just want to support us, please do. And you can do so by going to patreon.com slash making mischief. Hello and welcome to another episode of Extraneous, Steven Universe edition. Yay! So not another, the first, the, the first. first Steven Universe. The first, yeah, that was probably weird. You, you're so used to saying welcome to another episode of and you were like, nope. No, I'm so excited to talk about Steven Universe because I just finished my first time all the way through ah. and it was so, so, so good. Um, that I am really excited not only to have an opportunity or a reason to like go back and rewatch the whole thing, um, but also to like <laughs> dig to like really dig into it. This is how I express my fandom. Let's like figure out all the pieces. Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, like the fact that it just ended makes me want to go back for like emotional purposes. But like you're right, I feel like Steven Universe is such a it like and everybody talks about it, but it's so rich in lore and character exploration and and references and and motifs and everything and like it's worth like just getting into and like I'm super happy yeah how did you get into Steven Universe I will tell that story but first we should introduce ourselves God (laughs) I'm Takia I'm Leah we will never introduce ourselves (laughs) before 20 seconds in so how did you get into Steven Universe um so I have a really fun little story. First of all, I'm a big cartoon nerd in general. I was deep, deep, deep in the Adventure Time fandom at the time. Um, so I went to New York Comic Con in 2014 as press, and I was at the Cartoon Network press tables to cover Adventure Time. And at some point, my table got uh, – because they they rotate cast members and, and folks, the talent who are there during roundtables around to different tables. Yeah. And, um so at some point at my table sat Rebecca Sugar, Estelle, and mm-hmm. Zach Callison. So that's the the creator, the voice of Garnet and the voice of Steven. And I knew Rebecca Sugar because she wrote like the best songs on Adventure Time and was um, an artist as well. And I liked her, but I hadn't watched Steven Universe just yet. So they sat there and, and they answered questions from everybody but me because I hadn't watched the <laughs> show yet. Um, and at one point, somebody at the table asked if Rebecca was ever going to write a song for Estelle to sing, because Estelle's already a recording artist. <laughs> and they, and Rebecca replied, actually, we recorded one, and it's my favorite episode of the show. It just hasn't aired yet. Cut to five months later, and Jailbreak, the end of season one, airs, and in it is the song Stronger Than You. Yeah. And the internet blew up. Like, it was all over my Tumblr dash, I remember at the <laughs> time. 
and your tumblr dash I, legit it was it was on tumblr that i remember seeing this for the first time and everybody was screaming about this amazing show and look what they did with these characters and holy shit, it's so gay and this song is so good and i was like okay fine and i watched it and then i watched it again and i was like damn okay okay and then i immediately started watching steve universe right after that so i started steve universe in march of 2015 so like a whole like five years ago like five yeah. plus years ago yeah it's wild wow. that is crazy <laughs> after that long-winded story how did you find steven universe yeah i honestly like similarly i saw that it was like super popular all over the internet um and like had kept hearing about it especially like especially with the last season coming up in this year so i just been like hearing a lot about it over and over and Honestly, I think that like probably my Hulu rolled into it after something else I was watching and I was just like, okay, let's keep watching this. And so I watched in like bits and pieces for a while, um, like a couple of episodes here or there and not like the whole thing and like sitting down and doing the whole thing all together. Um, but honestly, I just heard that it was like great and colorful and fun and emotional and gay and like all of the things that you want to watch. Um, and so that's really what swayed me. Yep, yep, yep. I love that everybody has the same thing. It's usually like a heard it was really good, heard it was colorful and warm and loving and gay. And I'm like, yes, that is Steven Universe. <laughs> so yeah, so we are taking uh, Extraneous as a podcast that has covered many other things. And by many, I mean two other things. Uh, they We currently cover historic materials and Supernatural. And so in Supernatural's sort of hiatus at the moment, we've decided to do Steven Universe. If you check out our social media, we're posting our, our watch list, sort of how we're going along with this. If you look at week one, we are covering the first 12 episodes of the show. Yeah. So what happens in the first 12 episodes? I think it's fair to say that there's not a lot of plot heavy stuff yet in the <laughs> universe. Uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> so the first 12 episodes are your introduction. We are introduced to Steven Universe, to the Crystal Gems, who he lives with. And to the residents of Beach City, which is the town he lives in. Honestly, I think that the summary of the first 12 episodes, all of that information and like all of the things that happen also happen in the opening credits. Like mm -hmm. that's like between the theme and just the opening credits where you go through Beach City and you see its inhabitants and you see like Greg and the temple and honestly, like it hard introduces you to Garnet, Amethyst and Pearl and, and Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens in the first 12 episodes. Mm -hmm. It's just this huge establishing shot. Yeah. Again, like plot stuff we're without and lore without, but like the, the basis is that Steven is somebody who is half human boy and half gem. And we just learned that the gems are sentient crystalline individuals with forms and they have magic and and they've been here for well we don't know exactly how long at least a year i guess because we find out that steven's what a year into his training yeah steven's about a year into his training um but also because he's like 12 or 13 like and his mother was a gem like so they've been here for at least that long yeah but it's it, it's definitely a lot longer but uh but the it's long enough that the residents of the town don't seem spooked by the fact that there is monsters and magic around them. Like, yes, exactly. It's not like folks have just crash landed on Beach City. The it's it's normal for them. Mm -hmm. The whole bit of Steven Universe in the beginning is this boy who's learning to do his magical powers. It's the perfect coming of age tale. It is. 
So the big themes that come up in Steven Universe are consistent throughout the show, but like obviously they hit strong right at the top here. So what what are some of the themes that we can dig into? I think you're right that like these are things that keep showing up throughout the rest of the show um, because like the first one that I noticed is just that emotions are a good thing or can be powerful, honestly. Um, and that's obviously a big theme throughout the rest of Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Like very, very literally in the first episode, Steven's power to activate his gem comes from his emotions. So like, and I, I think this also harkens to the fact that this is a cartoon for younger folks. And, and that's not that's not a put down. But I think it means that the themes like this are very forward facing. You yeah. don't have to dig into the layers like they are out there. So like you literally have a young boy who is being told by the adults around him that his emotions give him power. Like, that's a really important thing, and it comes up constantly. That's so sweet. <laughs> right? God, I love Steven Universe. All young boys should be told by the adults around them that their emotions give them power. Yep. Yes, they should. Take note, everyone in the world wants Steven Universe to be a better person. Similarly, like, believing in yourself and also being yourself. Steven is introduced as a, a goofy kid who just kind of, like, runs around and does his own thing and has no... No compunction about who he is. And the gems, even though they want him to, to like, you know, take missions a little bit seriously, they don't stop him ever from being himself. They always want him to remain Steven. Yes. And they tell him that as well. To, like, we, we trust you and we love you and we want you to be you as you also grow into these things. Um, being yourself and accepting who you are, not what, not the label that somebody else has put on you is something that is constant and also comes up really heavily when we learn more about uh, gem and gem culture. Absolutely. And honestly, there's so many times where like a particular Stevenness is what solves it, is what saves the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that just like further reinforces that theme that like being you can make all the difference. Yep, yep, yep. Um, another big one one is found family. Yes. Like there's just a lot of families come in all different shapes and sizes. And honestly, that like people that you're friends with can become as close as family um, is super, super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gems are ostensibly Steven's family. The, the friends that he gains, like he loves hard uh, I remember watching the show and being nervous when I first met Greg that Greg was like, <laughs> like I had heard only good things. So I got really nervous that Greg was like deadbeat dad, but he's not. Greg has always lived with Steven and, take his, and takes care of Steven and loves Steven. And like Greg lives in a van because he doesn't need anything else. Like it's not that Greg can't afford a house. Greg just, you know, doesn't need one. He loves his van. I'm like... I'll be damned if this isn't if he isn't actually like a really good dad who just is like <laughs> like Greg is just so chill. He does not need material things. No, as again proven later in the show, Greg really doesn't need anything. He's pretty good. Yeah. I think again, by nature of being a cartoon, um, there are a lot of recurring motifs. What are the, some of the ones that we are introduced to here at the beginning? Yeah, I think that this is kind of what I was getting at and ties to the be yourself theme, but they tend to like go to a temple. Honestly, it's like this is the sequence of events. The gems have a problem which they need to go to a temple for. Uh, everyone wants Stephen to stay at home to protect him. Stephen goes and in doing something that seems like a mistake actually has the fix for the situation that the gems themselves aren't able to come to. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, and we'll talk about that as we get into sort of the top episodes for this chunk of the season. The other thing that I think is impressive is the the control with which information is is pushed throughout the show. Um, at the top of the show, obviously, we learn that gems have power and they have magic weapons and they fight these monsters. And it's not and it's as we progress throughout the season that we learn a little bit more about how gem magic works and a little bit more about what these monsters are like the show is very very controlled at simultaneously dropping us in a world and telling us accept this as fact um, and accept that this is the rules of these world um, and also holding back information to share with the audience as Steven learns it as well yes um, and honestly I think that it it kind of links with them being gems that we are constantly like uncovering like we are finding the you know diamond in the sand like we are (laughs) uh the show itself is is slowly giving us information like we are sifting through um all of this content to figure out exactly what's been going on and what is happening throughout the story all along Mm mm-hmm um, another thing that I um, that I'm definitely going to be keen to bring up as well as a as sort of a motif is Steven Universe is very referential to other properties, whether it's cartoons or video games or movies like mm-hmm. like clearly. Uh, and I think it's something that happens um, more liberally in cartoons than in live action shows. But like the the folks who make Steven Universe obviously love lots of things. And it's through that love that they are inspired to do certain things in Steven Universe. And one of the big things is a lot of classic anime. So mm-hmm. first of all, I just want to mention this out loud. Steven Universe is a magical girl anime. <laughs> what does that mean? So uh, your Sailor Moons, your yes. uh, Magic Knight Ray Earths, your, your Cardcaptor Sakuras. This is a story in which an ostensibly from first glance, normal, typically girl, because it's a magical girl anime. So a normal girl discovers she is a chosen one, has magic powers, has a magical destiny, is surrounded by a team, typically, like finds her crew that she will work with and fight evil with. And while she is the leader, her growth is the sort of primary thing. So the folks around her might be more powerful, but like they are always there to support her untapped potential and eventually like complete the destiny. Steven is a small boy who is learning his power. He doesn't know yet how important he is, but like... We learn as time goes on, he is the center, like he's figuring it all out. He's surrounded by support. Like Steven is like they took a magical girl anime and just sort of like turned it on its head in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. And it's so great. And so there are lots of magical girl anime references and motifs throughout Steven Universe. And I will be obnoxious and point out every single one of them. Um <laughs> Did we see any in the first 12 episodes? A a lot of, I will say, it's a lot of the color palette, honestly. um, And a lot of the the ways in which the characters represent, like, in which character expressions change. The stars in the eyes, which is is telltale for Steven. um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, For the show in general. Like, the gems get it. Steven gets it. Connie gets it. Greg gets it. um, And occasionally it's not star stars, but it's, like, just shining eyes. Like, that's a very typical anime motif but steven having a pretty pink shield and the fact that his mother was rose quartz so he's surrounded by petals and flowers and stuff like that like it's so prototypical of of the the palette of a of a magical girl in shoujo anime that like it's just really fun when you put it on top of this show uh 
the other two references I want to mention are two other anime, not necessarily Magical Girls. One is that in the episode uh, Cat Fingers, Steven turns into this like horrific cat creature. <laughs> it's honestly awful and terrifying. He's consumed by it. And uh, that is definitely a direct reference to uh, the 1980s anime movie Akira, in which the sort of antagonist of the film, like, is overcome with his own power and he turns into like this like corrupted blob monster and it's horrific and like Akira is not a show a movie for kids at all but like this is definitely the fluffy kitty version of that tragic ending uh the other thing that we'll talk about uh more when we talk about episodes is we're introduced to the concept of fusion and the most important none of the most important but one of the key things to for gems to fuse is that they dance um and the fusion dance is a staple of Dragon Ball Z uh, in later seasons of that show, characters learn how to fuse, and there are two ways to do it. One is a set of earrings, but the fusion can't uh-huh. be undone in that. However, the more common form of fusion in Dragon Ball Z is they perform a very specific dance, and when the dance is complete, they fuse into a new person. Oh, my God. They literally have a fusion dance in Dragon Ball Z. Like, this is exactly <laughs> where this comes from. Fusion is much more thematically and emotionally important in Steven Universe, but mm-hmm. the idea of it being a dance is definitely, uh, they definitely got it from Dragon Ball. That's amazing. Yeah. My sister and I used to do the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z, just to see if we could. <laughs> Not fuse, just to see if we could nail the moves. Um, I think that you have to do that, and it should be a uh, perk for the Patreon. <laughs> just video of Leah doing the Dragon Ball Z fusion. First of all, I need another person to do it with me. Second of all, no. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of like the big picture. Mm-hmm. Look at these these episodes for Steven Universe. Let's drill down into our top five for this section. So we adapted this from how we did Supernatural. When we covered seasons, we would each pick our five favorite episodes and just talk about them. When we're only doing packs of 12 episodes, it seems silly for us to each pick five because we might end up taking out, like, the entire season. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So instead, we decided that the two of us have to agree. Which is going to be a riot (laughs) at some point. Considering that you Uh, and I consume and... uh, We don't consume it differently, but we definitely have different takes on stuff. Yes, we... I think that we come at media from different lenses mm-hmm. um and this is definitely going to show up with steven universe and it's going to be a knockdown drag out <laughs> at some point <laughs> as we move through steven universe and these episodes like are just like banger after banger and like so important every episode is emotional and you're meeting new people like it's gonna be real tough picking these picking these uh, we might abandon it completely who knows <laughs> um but we also so we picked our top five and we ranked them so you guys can see if you agree with our ranking of these episodes. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that is new for us. It's the first time we've ranked a top five. Uh, and it might be the last. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like ranking them in a way that I'd never felt for Supernatural. I feel bad for ranking Steven. Like, I feel like Steven <laughs> would not agree with ranking these things. <laughs> like you're being mean to the other episodes. Mm-hmm. Desperately feel that way. Uh, outside of the top five, we decided we could each pick like a an honorable mention, and it's a show that like either didn't make it or we just love and wanted to mention. So very quickly, I want to give a shout out to Tiger Millionaire, which <laughs> is not in this top five, but is an episode that I have very distinct memories of watching. It cracks me up every single time. It's it has a lot of really good emotional stuff, and like I don't know what it is. I just. Ad- 
adore that episode completely. And it's one of my favorites, um, especially in this initial run of episodes. Okay, I get to do one too. Mm -hmm. My shout out is for Frybo. But more more specifically, (gasps) guys, Leah's face is just totally horrified uh, because she hates the Fry monster, Frybo monster. Um, But one of my favorite scenes is in this one where uh, Pearl is explaining the shards to Steven and Steven like (laughs) stops paying attention. And he looks looks up at her and he realizes that she's been talking and he's like, I can't start listening now. (laughs) I'll be so confused. And I just, I don't know. I felt that deeply. I do like that. And then that comes back around where Pearl goes, weren't you listening when I explained how important it was that these shards? And Stephen just goes, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Stephen is an evergreen mood. Like, I'm just (laughs) wandering brain. Other things more exciting. Um, But let's start with five. Okay. Number five. We gave to Jump Glow, which is the first episode of the show. Honestly, it's a really great establishment of Steven Universe. You learn a lot about, uh, you go into the beach city town and you learn a lot about Steven and the Jim's relationship. Mm-hmm. It also does a really good job of mixing sort of what is what becomes standard in a Steven Universe episode. So the fact that there's this kind of scary battle with a monster. And Steven needing to learn how to access his own inner power and stuff like that is really important. But simultaneously, it's mixed with like this ridiculous humor because Steven thinks that eating cookie cats, which is like eating an ice cream sandwich, is what's giving him power. And the gems just roll along with it. They're like, yeah, maybe that'll work. Um, Also, the cookie cat song is so brilliant. (laughs) It's because it's like the perfect. It's a little too long to actually be like a TV jingle. jingle. Yeah. But like the line... He left his family behind is funny every single time that song comes up. You're like, what in God's name? What backstory did they give this ice cream sandwich? It is is so good. Yeah. I think also Steven's, um, honestly, emotional range really shows up here for me. Like when you see the devastation he feels over not being able to get a cookie cat and the fact that they're no longer making them and he is just like so hurt by it all the way to the end with the freezer full of cookie cat because the gems have gotten them for him. Mm -hmm. And like that like warm, fuzzy excitement. Yeah like is amazing and it also introduces the fact that like the people in steven's life know him well enough to like do that like the gems know him well enough that like even though they're they're not human but they know that steven loves cookie cats so they're gonna get him these and lars and sadie like maybe lars thinks steven is annoying and sadie thinks of him as just a little kid but like they know him well enough to like give him a freezer like (laughs) like it's little things like that that the people in steven's life know this kid and he is who he is and like they support it and they try to help him out when they can yes all right next on our list is laser light cannon at number four episode two yeah I honestly really love this one. I think that Gem Glow and Laser Light Cannon do a lot of the same things, Mm -hmm. but I love starting to learn more about Rose Quartz. And I like the introduction of Greg. Again, exactly what you were saying, that he's like not a deadbeat dad, that he is like emotionally available for Steven um, is really cool to see. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I love the idea of like anytime the gems have one solution and steven has another 
like that dynamic to me is always really, really interesting. Yeah. It, it's a really good show, too, of the fact that Stephen always believes not only in himself, but in everyone around him. So the gems are like, uh, I don't think Greg has that or I don't think Greg's going to be able to do this. And Stephen's like, no, trust me. Trust my dad. We'll figure this out. Like he very much always gives the benefit of the doubt to everybody around him, whether it's his family, the gems or like random folks in the town or eventually enemies that he comes across Stephen always always believes in the best of people and seeing that in this is really great also I, there's a lot of really good visual gags as Stephen is crawling through the um the storage shed like just the random crap that Greg has in there yes yes 100% um and honestly I think that I really like tracking what Steven Universe the show is saying about or how they're dealing with motherhood throughout and so, like, mm-hmm. something about the videotape that Rose leaves um, and the uh, and just establishing how she gave up her physical form for Stephen is really, really interesting. And I think one of the cool things that Stephen Universe does is, like, kind of, like, find an interesting way to talk about all of those relationships. Uh, you mentioned the videotape and, like, that's a ways off. But, like, you're right. The little bits that we get of Rose at the beginning here are very, very interesting um especially seeing uh how those things affect steven and greg and the gems number three cheeseburger backpack i adore this episode it is a lot of fun i think that this is one of the episodes that is both um thematically important but also just a lot of fun Mm -hmm. there is something about bringing steven on missions like this is the third episode of the show so this is the first time steven is being taken on a an an away mission ostensibly first time he's seeing um a gem sort of uh site outside of where he lives uh Mm -hmm. and the fact that he wants to he tries so hard so like is coming as prepared as he can be having never been on a gem mission but like watching the gems let steven try is always interesting to me even if like for instance pearl doesn't want him to try because she's afraid for him getting hurt or she likes doing things in neat and tidy ways so she wants to enact her fancy plans like seeing the gems sort of let him try and then eventually start to root for him. Like when they just start chanting cheeseburger backpack <laughs> cheeseburger. Like it is it is such a great moment of them letting this kid find his own abilities and learn how to assess situations and like not only that, but it's funny as heck. Like yes. the, when he throws the raft into the water and it floats away and you're like, well, that one didn't work. And then it shows up <laughs> at the end is so good. It's so good. Um, I also just love this like Mary Poppins bag that he has <laughs> that like the scene at the beginning when he's filling it and he's like, there are zippers. There are so many zippers. Even the um, cheese is a pocket. <laughs> Uh, it's gr- is great, and I feel like it it is like linked to the so many other media and things that like have that magical that like the idea of the magical bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, when the piece that Stephen was meant to carry with him is the one thing that he left at home, um, is one of those moments where it seems like oh no, Stephen has made this like grand mistake, mm-hmm. and then the last piece that he's able to like pull out. Um, the teddy bear and leave Mr. on Queasy. the Mr. Queasy <laughs> um, is like this like sacrifice for Stephen to leave something behind that is important to him in order to save the temple. Um, 
has like huge resonance. Yeah. And like also, again, the way that the gems react, like Stephen left the 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 lunar goddess statue, I think is what it's called. Like he left that behind, which was the whole purpose of him coming. Like he made a mistake. The 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 site is lost. And like you can tell he feels bad and we will see it referenced again. Like Stephen's first big mistake on his first away mission is something that is referenced later in the show, which is another reason the show is so good. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that the gems like talk to him in a way that is like, hey, you made a mistake, but it's OK. It's not the end of the world. And other ideas that you had worked. Like I think the the bit like Amethyst is like, hey, two out of four of your ideas worked. That's not bad. And then the that's when the raft pops up. And they'll go, woohoo! Like, it's this really great, this really great difference between, like, you know, chastising a kid who's learning and making them not want to try anymore and, like, supporting their efforts, even if it's not, like, as successful as you want. Yes. What's next on the list? Uh, number two is Bubble Buddies, <sighs> which I really love. There are a couple, I mean, honestly, I think that Bubble Buddies is where you start to realize how many little pieces Steven Universe, like, sprinkles around the episodes and how good it is about bringing those things back mm -hmm. so in this one steven is trying to talk to connie um and he has he's found her bracelet uh which we saw in gem glow yeah right it's in the freezer in gem glow so he found her bracelet and he's trying to return it to her for me it's just like super sweet to see this like relationship between them start and to see connie as kind of this newcomer who is who moves around a lot and like is an outsider mm -hmm. it's really interesting as well like the thing that at the at the beginning of the episode the whole bit is that like steven is afraid to talk to connie because she seems really neat and he likes making friends and especially having a friend who is who seems to be about his age because everybody he talks to in the town like i think Petey's a little bit older than him and who knows what's up with Onion? Like, everybody's older and either an authority figure or just somebody that he is only around a little bit. So making a friend his own age is very important to him. So, like, seeing his nerves around that. Uh, simultaneously, you see that Connie has a lot of the same uh, hesitations as Stephen. Because, you know, Stephen probably feels a little bit ostracized. Uh, like, he doesn't go to school and he doesn't... Um, he's, you know, a little half human, half gem boy. And Connie, as somebody who has moved around um, constantly in her life, doesn't have a lot of friends because she hasn't had the chance to make it. And like making friends is something that is also very important to her and something that that gives her pause. And I think it's really nice to see that these two kids from completely different walks of life both had the same instinctual want and desire and fear. Yeah, honestly, and I think that this episode is a lot about Stephen's instincts, mm -hmm. um, right? Like with the monster at the end, see, seeing Stephen kind of like into it and figure out like what's going on, what the monster is after and how to ultimately like stop it mm -hmm. um, is really interesting and is something that we see happen again and again throughout the show. Yep. Also, Connie's willingness to like kind of roll along with it, like... It, this is very scary and she easily could have just run away the second the bubble popped, but she didn't. Like, she was like, okay, this is the plan. I'm going to follow it. Uh, Connie is smart, smart, smart and brave. And this is yes. the beginning of getting to see these things. Uh, and our number one is Giant Woman. Yes. Which is so, it, it's a very important episode, I think, of Steven Universe. This is the first time that we see and learn about a fusion. Um, mm hmm 
it also starts to address the relationships and the balances between the crystal gems themselves. Um, we see that uh, Garnet has to go take care of something on her own and she sends Amethyst and Pearl and Steven on a mission separately and literally tells Steven, help your teammates get in sync. Because Amethyst and Pearl, we see it in these first episodes and we see it constantly throughout the show are not on the same wavelength. Like Pearl is neat and tidy and strict and wants to follow things. And Amethyst is kind of wild and wants to go with her own flow and just have a good time when she gets things done. And Mm -hmm. they butt heads so often. And it's Steven's not job, but it does follow to him a lot to play peacekeeper. And so having that translate into not just you need to work together to, to save the day and to complete the mission and to do your best work, but you need to, work together and find a rhythm in order to fuse to become this new being to help do it. And so when Amethyst and Pearl finally get it together enough to form Opal for the first time, like Steven is just like completely in awe to see this new being that is made purely from emotional connection and harmony. Yes. Um, And I think that the seeing throughout the episode, the different ways Steven begs or tries to get them (laughs) to fuse um is really funny but also super interesting because we find out that like the thing that actually gets them to change is having steven in like real danger Mm -hmm. um and i think that that is important for the way that the gems interact with steven overall is like that that uh it's it's almost like parental vibe of like you're just messing with me here but this now you're actually like those are the cries of actual danger Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure i also just want to point out that goat steven is steven jr (laughs) there are so many hilarious one-off gags and steven jr is great cool and that's our top five that's our top five let us know if you agree disagree like I genuinely like there there like serious Steven is another really good episode. I I like Together Breakfast a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that we didn't get to talk about, but that's because it's really hard to pick a good up like the best episodes of Steven Universe because they're all very good. I like our list. I think our list is great. I will also say sorry very quickly that three of the episodes on here are the first three episodes of the series, which proves yeah. to me that this ep- like they planned this meticulously. These are the things that, like, it, with these three episodes, you should be on board. And, like, you are on board in three episodes. Yes. 100%. They hook you. All right. So now, let's talk about all the characters that were introduced in this chunk. And, boy, <laughs> there were a lot of them because we're basically being introduced to everyone. All the characters? Yeah. <laughs> just, like, everyone? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, let's just start at the beginning. We are introduced to Steven and, like, his whole family. Our primary character is, of course, Steven Universe. Uh, he, he says his full name at one point is Steven Quartz Universe, which is uh, which he took from Rose Quartz being his mother, which I think is a really adorable addition. Yeah, I like to think of it as hyphenated. No middle name. Right? <laughs> um, so Steven is we mentioned before and uh if you're listening to this hopefully you already know this but steven is half boy half gem and he seems to be from what we can tell he's the only one of his kind that has ever existed so neither neither steven nor his dad nor the crystal gems quite know what to expect when it comes to it uh but steven is 13 and has been training with the gems 
has known them his entire life, but has been training with them for about a year. Yeah. Um, and I think Steven's like primary characteristic is that he is just the most optimistic. Earnest. Earnest is good. Yes. He's like the most earnest, optimistic, like sees the best in people sunshiny sunshiny can is that just like the definition of steven yeah sun sunshine personified <laughs> yeah he is sunshine personified but yeah so like every interaction he has is just like very bright for the most part um we are also you mentioned the gems yeah let's talk about them in the order that they're mentioned in the theme so garnet Garnet is ostensibly the leader of the Crystal Gems. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a little back and forth between them if she's leader or not, but uh, it that seems to be the case because she's the one that assigns the missions, and Garnet is the strongest, and she's she seems to be the most put together. Um, <laughs> yes, she's the one that like has all of the like analytical. It feels like um, like ha- like creates all of the strategy for the missions and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garnet also. Um, Garnet comes across as mysterious. I think I don't remember. It's not in this chunk of episodes, but Stephen is describing the gems. He gives each of them like a word, and he describes Garnet as mysterious. And I think it's because, uh, you know, she's Garnet speaks sort of quieter. She doesn't have as outgoing of a personality as Pearl or Amethyst, and I think that's because she's a bit of a balance. She's got shades on, so you can't yeah. really see like you don't notice maybe potentially her expressions as as easily as you do with the other two Mm -hmm. yeah I was gonna say that there's something about the like wearing sunglasses where it you can't quite there's something mysterious just in that um I think that like a lot of characters who we see with like not just in Steven Universe but like across pop culture like if you see someone in sunglasses like they're the like I don't know spy or the like uh, you know do you know what I mean yeah I do uh, and I think to go along with all of that, uh, what suits Garnet is that each of the gems have their own sort of uh, uh, music palette and Garnet's primary palette is a bass. So like deep and thrummy and something you feel and like very can be very cool or it can be very supportive. Like there's a lot of really great stuff wrapped up in that. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure how many people pick up on this immediately, but unlike the other gems, Garnet has two stones Mm -hmm. and so it's something that like you can see from the beginning but isn't explained for a while right yeah no not until the very end of season one do we learn uh the two gemstones that garnet has on her hands um and simultaneously like when we talk about lore we'll talk about the the temple door but you can see that she uses both gems to activate her door as well Mm -hmm. um so that is something that is very noticeable. Let's talk about Amethyst. Yeah. So this is the one that you said you... Wait. I can't remember if you said that in this record, honestly. <laughs> did I? What did I say? Uh, this is the one that you said you identified with the most. Amethyst tends to be the like louder, bolder, brash, kind of like runs at not a, not only like the problem but also like gets steven into all of these like weird circumstances i'm thinking about tiger millionaire honestly <laughs> like for me amethyst is often like at odds with pearl and garnet because of that like because she wants to like run at something or because she wants to do the fun thing and not necessarily the responsible thing um so it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see those dynamics play out it's also very obvious that uh Amethyst sort of revels in her wild nature, like 
her room inside the temple is like a full-on disaster zone and like <laughs> like and her whole thing is like she's like i have a system but like her system is nothing her system is just trash everywhere um she her whole bit with the with inside of tiger millionaire um it kind of speaks to her wild nature but simultaneously i think it also speaks to the fact that like she feels like maybe she can't get that outlet at home and that's why she runs away and sneaks off to do it Mm -hmm. um so like it's another it's like learning another layer she's not just a wild child she maybe like has to express herself in different ways um and i think you're right i think occasionally it puts her at odds with garnet but it mostly puts her at odds with pearl um (laughs) yes um Honestly, it's she reminds me of like a younger sibling, right? Like she's oh. like prototypical like youngest child kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll do, we'll talk about it later because it hasn't come up yet. But like she is the youngest of the crystal gems, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like sort not snootiness, but there's a bit of snootiness that comes from being you know um, a, an older gem or a gem who had has had more experience. Uh, I think that's also why she and Stephen are much more alike and get along a little bit better as mm-hmm. siblings that whereas Garnet and Pearl tend to come along with Steven more like aunts or mothers. And in terms of her music cue, again, because she's kind of wild and can go off, her palette is an electric drum kit. Mm-hmm. So like lots of hard hitting in there. Pearl, I feel like in these episodes, it's a little hard to like get Pearl, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, you can tell that like she's neurotic and she like wants things like done a specific way and you can already kind of see that like when Steven brings up Greg she's like a little shifty like uncomfortable um but you don't know exactly like what's going on there um there's just like Mm -hmm. there to me there's a lot of Pearl that like she hasn't the character hasn't quite opened up for the audience yet um, kind of like a clamshell that uh, you might find, or, or sorry, kind of like an oyster shell you might find a pearl in, you know? Boo. <laughs> I think another thing with Pearl is like, like, yeah, she's neurotic and she likes things clean and neat and tidy and like all that other stuff. But there is something about the way that she is overly protective of Steven um, that that seems to go beyond what everybody else has amethyst wants steven to be able to come with them because like i think amethyst likes the chaos of it all and garnet <laughs> wants steven to be able to learn mm-hmm. um and grow and like take a chance and yeah it, every mission that they go on inside of this has pearl being like no steven stay back and like the other two gems in some way being like actually maybe steven step forward like there is a bit of that that goes on um and so uh like it is early days for Pearl, but like watching Pearl progress through the series is actually my favorite thing uh, of it. Yeah. And then on top of that, Pearl's uh, music palette, just to finish round that out, is she is very probably the clearest of them all, a piano. Yeah. So I think that like if we're rounding out like Steven's family or, you know, I, honestly, like I think of between uh, the gems and like Greg and Connie, it's like Steven's entourage. Um, mm hmm. But I think that the worth mentioning here is also Greg. Uh, yeah, for sure. And we've mentioned him already as we talked uh, at the beginning of the podcast about themes and about like episodes like Laser Light Cannon. Uh, but Greg is Steven's dad. Old tippy dude. Maybe you can clear this up for me, actually. I don't know the timeline of Steven Universe. Like, what year does this show take place in? Again, this is this is an alt-Earth, right? Like, yeah. this is not our world. Um, but... Uh, like, because this is a world in which Beach City is, like, 
somewhere in Delaware, or we assume somewhere in Delaware, <laughs> but Delaware's in this. And there's a Pennsylvania's not here; it's Keystone, yeah, like that sort of a thing. So like this is an and and also magic crystal gems. Like <laughs> this is the world where this is the case. Um, but I I do believe that uh the show starts in 2013, uh when Stephen is 13, mm-hmm. which means he starts his training at 12. Which means that Stephen was born in 2000, presumably. Which is so interesting to me because so much of the flashbacks, and again, this is an alt universe, right? So, like, who knows? But so many of the flashbacks make me think, like, 80s rocker. Like, even not just not just the way Greg looks, but, like, also other characters around him. When we do get... Um the big the big shot of that is in the episode story for Steven and that's the how Greg and that's how Greg met Rose specifically but also the rest of the crystal gems that is very 80s like that was mid to late 80s for sure and I think that we are to understand that Greg was with Rose and the gems for a while before Rose decides to you know per Steven quote give up her physical form to have him um there is there's a big chunk of time between just arrived in Beach City, Greg, and is new father, Greg. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so Greg, again, a character that like I think we get more of as the show itself progresses. Uh, do we want to run through some of the residents of Beach City? Yeah, let's just sort of run them down because uh, we only really just meet all of them. They all get spotlights uh, in later episodes. So like, but I think it's good to highlight them. Uh, First, the first residents we meet are Lars and Sadie. They are two sort of teens, probably older teens who work at the Big Donut. Uh, Then we meet the whole like Fryman family, Uh, Mm -hmm. Mr. Fryman. PD and Ronaldo, uh, who own the fry shop on the boardwalk. Ronaldo is one of the teens in Beach City um, and has the Keep Beach City Weird blog, right? I love the just can't stop with the conspiracies older brother. Even <laughs> though he lives in a magical world, he still has like his whole alien abduction type Illuminati style conspiracy things he's obsessed with. And I... <laughs> God, I, I love Ronaldo in, in a very special way um, because I was that kid. Other <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, folks we meet. We meet Jamie the mailman, who is yes. uh, who is typically Stephen's mailman, but not the only one in the town. Uh, we meet Mayor Dewey, who is up for re-election per his obnoxious van. First name Mayor, last name Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> uh, I know his first name because his kid is Buck and he also has a, he has a money name and it's just... It's escaping me. I wonder if it's William. I wonder if it's William Dewey, Bill Dewey. I can't remember. We'll find out later. Uh, then Onion, who is like a character of his own. <laughs> um, I feel like is like... Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Like, how do you sum up? I feel like he is the most mysterious character on Steven Universe. Oh, for sure. Like, he blows Garnet out of the water in terms of mystery characters. <laughs> Uh, the last two that we meet who aren't just cameos and who actually have lines are Mr. Smiley, who runs the Funland Arcade and um, all the rides on the boardwalk, and Kiki, who is a member of the pizza family and who works at the <laughs> Fish Stew Pizza uh, shop. Uh, other big ones um, we meet, and pun intended, Opal, giant woman Opal. The fusion between Pearl and Amethyst, obviously, who uh, clearly has her own. And I think it's interesting because they do point this out a lot, but clearly has her own personality separate from 
that of Pearl and Amethyst, and that will come up as fusions continue to come up through the show. We meet Steven's lion. I think we learn more about lion as the show progresses and sort of like what the deal is with Stephen having this like random pet uh, lion. Mm-hmm. And lion also develops a personality, right? Like you start to like lion's kind of like sassy and over it, but like is also very caring. So and like wants to help Stephen. So like it's really fun to watch that with a character who doesn't speak, you know, and just makes noises. And then, of course, and we mentioned her already, but um, we'll never stop talking about her is Connie. Yeah. Stephen's best friend, uh, new to Beach City. Kind of a little bit of a loner when we first meet her. She prefers the company, well, doesn't prefer, but like she kind of dives into books and fantasy worlds and television shows as we learn as time goes on because Connie is all of us. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the major characters that we're introduced to. Um, I'm excited to see kind of how they build on those characters throughout the show and like get to dig into maybe like some references back and things like that. I feel like Steven Universe does a really, really, really good job of like remembering the history of the characters Mm -hmm. um, and like ref like referring back to things. You mentioned it earlier, the fact that in Cookie Cat there is or not Cookie Cat in Gem Glow, we see the 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 glowy bracelet in the freezer because Steven kept it for Connie for a year like <laughs> like that's that's a really good layer on there uh, yes. the other characters it, Steven Universe like you're right it it does I think it's impressive for a show to take this vast sort of collection of characters who live in Beach City and actually eventually spend time with them not just with the folks who are involved in like the magical plot of it all like Steven and the gems and Connie but like like no, Petey isn't involved in the magical plot of it all, but Petey gets time, and as does everybody else in Beach City. So it's it's really nice to be able to explore that uh, later in the show. Let's talk about the music. I'm really excited to dig into the songs that are mentioned in this section. Um, but also the music of Steven Universe is just like this really fun, like bright, exciting added layer. Oh, yeah. And it's it, it's not just like underscoring or or songs that play like in a hype moment or something like that. The The music of Steven Universe is so great because it it not only suits the scene, but like it's part of the characters as well. So like these yes. characters aren't just listening to music or or I take that back. These characters aren't just underscored with music or cool songs, but they're usually singing them or enjoying them. <laughs> so like it adds a whole nother layer to to what we as an audience get out of the music in the show yeah it's narratively very important usually not very important like there are a lot of like just kind of fun songs but they fit in narratively in a way that in a lot of shows they like music doesn't and so it's fun to kind of see these characters play with the songs Mm -hmm. so the first song that we should probably talk about and we we did already mention it but it's worth again is the theme song to steven universe i mean it's exactly what we said before like it's a really great establishing shot of the show and it's nice because you see it over and over again before every episode um honestly i had it stuck in my head for like forever and probably will again (laughs) i love the second line the we'll always save the day and if you think we can't we'll always find a way Mm kind of like it like that to me sums up steven universe so well and like so clearly i don't know it gives me like a warm feeling Oh, absolutely. Like there's and also as the show progresses, we'll get evolutions on that song as well. Like the more chords get added and more music and stuff like that as the show sort of moves up and um, 
yeah, no, like Steven Universe's theme song is iconic and 20 seconds long. So wash your hands, everybody. <laughs> uh, then in Gem Glow, we get the first uh, diegetic song, I suppose. Um, the uh, Cookie Cat theme, which is, again, we mentioned it already, but goddamn, if that's not the funniest jingle you've ever heard in your life, this ice cream sandwich got a whole backstory. He's a refugee from an interstellar war, and now he's at your local grocery store. It's just so good. <laughs> but uh, a more a more serious, well, not serious. We don't get serious for a minute in the show. Um, but a uh, sort of longer song is in the second episode, Laser Light Cannon, we get Let Me Drive My Van Into Your Heart by Mr. Universe himself. <laughs> uh, on his second album? Definitely. <laughs> I really love the moment when they're driving the laser light cannon up and Steven puts it in the right. He pulls out the CD mm-hmm. and they're like singing together is really yeah. sweet. It's a like it's a really great way to introduce kind of more of Greg's character, honestly, mm-hmm. um, through this like sentimental kind of silly, like, let me drive my van into your heart is like. <laughs> But it's so Greg. Um, and so I think that this song, especially happening so early in the series, mm-hmm. really helps to establish that character and that relationship. Yeah. Like, especially in the, the moment, like, where initially Greg doesn't want to sing along because I think he's stressed and he's nervous and they're dragging this big cannon as fast as they can to try to save the world. But Stephen is like, no, but let's sing this song. Let's listen to your music and let's sing it together. And like... Steven does it and Greg eventually joins him and it's this really like you're right it just establishes not only Greg as a human and Steven is a human but like how they interact together and sort of how they play off of each other and and in moments of high stress or or tension or trouble lift each other up like it's really really great to see together yeah and honestly that song to me feels like they're talking directly to the audience like Greg is asking us to let him drive his van into our hearts i think that one of the things that we talked about with like earlier is that like the greg character could easily kind of like seem like a deadbeat dad or like Mm -hmm. seem right like seem kind of estranged but they do a lot of work to make sure it's clear that like this is someone who really cares and like is this like sentimental guy um and i think that that song happening so early does a lot of that work Mm mm-hmm and then the last song, uh, again, we mentioned because it's in the eponymous episode, is Giant Woman. I love this song. I just, like, I love the image of Stephen just, like, begging them to fuse <laughs> and, like, like going behind them just, like, singing this song is amazing. Also, like, I love that Stephen, even though, like, the whole kitsch of Giant Woman is like, come on, I want to see it. Like, again, and it plays into Stephen's sort of, like really good heart and and earnest nature where like lines that are included in it are like I know it'll be great and I just can't wait to see the person you are together and there's just something so sweet about that and like knowing that Steven doesn't just want to see a cool party trick he wants to meet someone new um and he knows that the potential that that person has is great and he's really looking forward to it like that's it's a whole nother level than like, cool, let me see your big form. It's it's something better than that. And it um it just like it just adds on to everything that makes Steven the character so good. Yeah. Like there is no other word. Like Steven is just good. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think that part of the one of the lines is all I wanna do 
is help you turn into a giant woman. And like that to me is very much like Stephen one listening to Garnet and like taking charge and like wanting to help them come together. But also just like, it feels like Stephen, I don't know, like, I think that there's something like really Stephen-y in the idea of like, I want to help you guys do this awesome thing because I also want to see this awesome thing. Also talk about like, like take that gender roles. He the the line was like, and if it were me, I'd also want to be a giant woman. And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> because Stephen doesn't raise to be like anything other than a good person. Like it doesn't matter. Ugh, it's great. It's so great. So that those were the songs. So the next bit we want to get into is the lore. And because again, uh, by the nature of this being the first episode of this podcast, and also the first few episodes of Steven Universe, there's a lot. I think it might be easiest to talk about sort of gems as a whole. And then, I mean, all of this is gems as a whole, to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, most of this is about gems or most of the things that we learn in this chunk of episodes is about gems. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that we can just like go sequentially through the knowledge that we're learning alongside Steven to unpack that. So the first thing we see in Gem Glow is sort of like how gems activate and like what gem weapons are Mm -hmm. like the whole shtick is that the gems each have their weapon garnet has her gauntlets and pearl has her spear and amethyst has her whip and then we find out that steven doesn't have a weapon he has a shield and uh that's thematically god that is just it's just so everything having to do with steven's powers is just so good but um that is what his primary quote-unquote weapon is. Uh, we also see the first instance of when they battle these monsters or presumed gem monsters, um, after they sort of defeat them, the the form is gone and the gem falls and then they, they do this thing where they bubble it and they send it off somewhere um, deep inside the temple. Then we start to learn more about Stephen's mom, Rose. Mm-hmm. Um in the next episode and I think like with Rose Quartz starts to open up just like so much of the gem lore um, and honestly like answering or not answering but sort of like doing a glancing blow at answering uh, questions about like how Steven came to be mm-hmm. and so we learned that like Rose had to give up her physical form in order to have Steven and we also see the light cannon and kind of like this overarching idea of like Rose having a cache of weapons um, comes up also, which it becomes important, I think, later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the mere fact that there is a cannon, like we just talked that gems summon weapons of some sort and they're strong and they're good fighters. The fact that there is an external weapon of some kind lends to there was a reason that there were other weapons, like that we needed other weapons. The the next thing that we learn in Cheeseburger Backpack is we, or not learn, but we finally see uh, used through Stephen is the warp pad that is inside the primary temple where the gems and Stephen live. Um, and that, that pad activates and you can travel to other warp pads across the earth where there are different gem locations. Uh, during this first chunk of episodes, we see... Um, we see the temple that's in Cheeseburger Backpack. We see... Uh, the temple where Stephen and the gems live that I already mentioned. Uh, we see the upside down pyramid temple. That is, I keep saying temple. I don't actually know if these are all temples, but like we see the upside down pyramid location in Sirius Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are. Oh, and we see the sky temple in um, in Giant Woman. So there are a lot of different locations 
where there are gem things going on. Yeah, I think that's what's really interesting and established through these like different temple locations is just kind of like the longevity of the gems and like their relationship with Earth in a lot of ways. Like the fact that the crystal temple that they live in is this like giant mountain that has been carved to the shape of a like a gem woman I suppose or you know a gem to me isn't something that you pick up on the first watch through but the next one you're like oh I should have known that like gems have been around for longer Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah no for sure like there's definitely lots like as it progresses like the show and until one of the gems opens their mouth and says how long they've been on the earth like it is definitely a slow reveal and and multiple hints as to everything coming um, we, in addition to learning about the different locations, we see the inner temple, um, <clears throat> where Stephen and the gems preside, uh, including the fact that each of the gems has their own room. And at the moment, Stephen can't access the one for his gem. So we see Pearl's room, Amethyst's room, uh, and sort of the, the central hub. Um, although there is a, a moment where Stephen is sliding down. Uh, one of the pipes and he passes through something when he and he goes oh this is neat and it's just like a throwaway gag but later it comes up that that is Rose's room and thereby Stevens uh, which is just such a neat little moment Uh, we also learn that in addition to fusion which we talked about that gems can change their physical form Uh, we see amethyst to turn into like a little bird and we see her turn into pearl and we see her turn into like a a beefy cop guy uh, and eventually tiger or not tiger and eventually the purple puma so like the gems have the ability to alter their physical form if they so choose because their physical form is not their primary form next we see steven's bubble Mm -hmm. um which is you know just like this protective sphere he's able to conjure which i think is really interesting especially the way that it's established in bubble buddies because he like isn't able like can't figure out how to take it back or like can't figure out how to deactivate it Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's really interesting because a lot of steven's power comes from his like emotional self Mm -hmm. like i think that that is anytime that they're like it's on the fritz or he's learning to control it that is really interesting for me oh for sure um and again like lends it to a big bubble that's hard to penetrate like lends to this idea that Steven isn't necessarily a fighter, but he's a protector, which I just love. It's so good. God, Steven Universe is so good. How many times can we say that? (laughs) A million times, I think, throughout the rest of this podcast, obviously. Yeah, that like it's a lot. And it's definitely a bit of a like if you're not watching Steven Universe, it's definitely a bit of an exposition dump. Um, But when you're watching it, it doesn't feel like that much information. You just like because you're learning at the pace that Steven is. And so it feels like a natural progression. Yeah, I think honestly, the more that you learn, the more questions you have. Um, And so it doesn't that's what like part of it doesn't feel like too much exposition because they give you just enough so that you want to know more. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see that time and time again as time moves forward. Uh, so with that, that actually brings us to, oh boy, everybody's favorite part of the podcast, which we will also explain to you in case you're new, but would like to talk this week, who was most extra in these first 12 seasons of Steven, 12 seasons, in these first 12 (laughs) episodes of Steven Universe? 
So we're going to pick every week the character who's like the most extra, who is doing the most, who is taking kind of their characterizations or their personality and is going like hog wild, like above and beyond, like the <laughs> most. I, that's I, that's the best way I can describe what extra like being extra means. Um, and so, so this week, I don't know. Now that I am like trying to think of, Steven Universe is also so funny for this because it's a cartoon. So if, so everything is kind of larger than life. It's mm-hmm. a little bit like doing a musical. It's like if you asked me which mu- character in a musical was the most. <laughs> I have my answer, but it's probably this is going to be similar to when we play the Supernatural one and it's always Chuck. I feel like this one's always going to be very similar. <laughs> What's your answer? My answer is Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Steven never needs to go as hard as he does, but he does because he loves it. Steven in Frybo, where he's just, when he, the, the only way to defeat Frybo is to take off all his clothes and put a gem in each one of them, and then he saves his underwear for last. God, that's funny. Steven didn't need to go that hard, <laughs> but Steven did. Steven did go that hard. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. The one that I was thinking of is Amethyst, honestly, because like, I feel like she's, I feel like she's always yelling. Like, I don't like the volume might not be any different, but Amethyst just like gives the vibe of always yelling. Um, and like, just thinking of like Tiger Millionaire, for example, like Purple Puma is like a ridiculous, like, character to take on. And I don't know, like Amethyst, I feel like is always like above, like, above everyone else oh like definitely uh uh the sequence oh i mean with amethyst as well the sequence where she's literally chasing steven like she's some sort of monster inside the temple trying to get the (laughs) together breakfast away from him because she needs she wants to eat it and then of course we learn gems don't need to eat she just likes eating food because it's weird like god amethyst (laughs) is so much so much i love them Everybody in this show, it's like a lot of times we you pick the extra award based on like somebody who like, oh, God, you just went too far. But it's in this scenario for this show, whoever went the most is like, it's like, oh, man, I just love you so much because you just went that far. <laughs> 100% committed the most. <laughs> All right. I think that that with that. We are at the end of the first episode of Extraneous Steven Universe. We are. And can I say for the record, this was so much fun. Steven Universe is a show that brings me and I assume so many others and you like so much joy and to get to talk about it at length and and like delve into all the cool like hints and and hat tips and all of these characters that are so that are just so uh, important to mm-hmm. me, this is a weird sentence, but like these characters <laughs> are just so good and they make me feel very good. And to be able to like take time to just think about a show that is this heartwarming is like really nice. Guys, really nice yeah. heartwarming. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, when we were when we were thinking about like what to do in the break <laughs> or the hiatus of Supernatural and we came up with it, I was just like immediately this is a perfect show for right now Mm -hmm. because i think that it's like honestly i'm i am recording in brooklyn and it is very gray outside and the gray feels like it matches the general tenor of the world (laughs) um that like we are all kind of stuck inside and going a little bit crazy and there's something really really nice and heartwarming to just watch this kid learning about the magic alien gems and like working his hardest to Mm -hmm. save the planet and 
it, there are a lot of really great lessons in Steven Universe that we will get into, but it also is just like so heartwarming and earnest for right now. And it's like, that's the break that I needed. Yep, totally. So thanks everybody for listening with us. Hope you enjoyed episode one. Uh, if you want to let us know what you thought or or your favorite episodes that we didn't get to talk about or is, is there a reference that you want us to point out? Like seriously, anything like let's just talk about Steven Universe, guys. The show makes us all feel good, clearly. Um, you can do so uh, on, on social media is the easiest way to find us. Yeah, we are on Twitter at ExtraneousPod and we're on Facebook and Instagram at Extraneous.Pod. Dot pod. Yeah, uh, you can also find us as well in case this is the first time you are listening to our voices and you were not listening to Supernatural. Uh, but you can find me on social media at Leah617. I am at Takia B. All right. Uh, and I guess just uh, one last thing before we let you go is uh, we mentioned it at the tippy top um, before the episode started, but Extraneous is part of the Mischief Media Network and we have a whole bunch of really dope shows um, that are fun and nerdy and, and go probably just as hard as Steven does in everything. Uh, <laughs> and we have a Patreon that you can go and check out at patreon.com slash making mischief. We have tiers of all levels and we have bonus content and a private discord and, and physical merch and... Like, if, if you like our stuff and maybe you want to, you know, say that you do through a Patreon, then that would be amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk next week. See you later. Stay extra. Bye. Bye.